Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. I don't have my team members here with me tonight, but I have my favorite team member, my my partner in life. You're my everything. <laughs> Why are well, you looking there. at me like that? You got to get up closer to that mic. You know I'm going to say this to you every single time. So I have Mr. Mark McNamara with me uh, this evening from McNamara Plumbing, of course. Uh, you all hear me speak about Mark uh, throughout the years uh, and throughout our shows. I, you know, talk about, do you hear me talking about you? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. You do? Okay. Hopefully it's all good. It is all good. It is all good. So um, I'm thankful for you joining me tonight. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I've been trying to bring on guests the past few weeks and giving Mary and Melissa a little well-needed uh, breaks. They've been working really, really hard and, you know, they have to sometimes stay here on Tuesday nights and it gets a little grueling. So they do so much on the summer. I figured we'd suck it up for the winter and then guess what? We'll take the summer off again. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. But we're actually going to be going someplace nice for a wedding in May. So that will be fun. Uh, it should be fun. Yeah. I'm hoping it will be. A few weeks away. Um, yeah. A few weeks away. We're going to, um, our daughter, for those of you who listen, uh, our daughter, oldest daughter, Casey McNamara, uh, got engaged last year, just about a year ago, October. And uh, she is going to be marrying Dustin Hughes and they are getting married in Greece. Exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. <laughs> it's different, but you know, it's, you know, it's a lot of moving pieces, but we figured we would uh, tack on a little bit of a trip for the end of it uh, when it's over because it will be our 30th wedding anniversary. Lucky you. Um, uh, absolutely lucky. I'm me. all yours, baby. <laughs> so like uh, again, you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Sharon McNamara. I am the broker owner. I will say proud broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate here on the South Shore. And uh, we have 34 fabulous agents that work for our boutique firm. And we sort of like it that way 
great things do come in small packages. And I got such a fabulous, fabulous letter um, last week from one of our agents, uh, Kristen Howlett, who does the show often. Uh, we did get a letter from one of her clients and it was just so heartwarming um, and how much she just really loves and appreciates Kristen for everything that she did because it isn't just about buying and selling houses. Wasn't surprising though, was it? It wasn't surprising, no. She does a really good job. So tonight, um, I thought that we would talk about winterizing because I've noticed that you've been leaving in the mornings with, and you worked all weekend. Yeah. I was sick all weekend. Well, it's that time of year. Everything's, you know, it's starting to get cold outside. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do the scramble every year. We, uh, we winterize about uh, 20 summer homes and probably 15 or 18 pool cabanas. So basically we run around with a compressor and shut off and blow out all the water lines and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's just that time of year um, to get all your hoses in and irrigations and pumps and everything else taken care of before it gets too cold. Because uh, once it gets cold and they freeze, then you got problems. You actually have some funny stories every year. I love hearing some of them. So we won't name any of your clients' names because that wouldn't be nice of us to do. We're not making fun of them, but I love some of the stories. So maybe we'll share some of those stories about waiting until the very last minute to have a shower shut down. Uh, yeah, I have a few customers that like to stretch <laughs> the season along a little bit. But they're great customers. It sounds yeah, like absolutely. you have a really good time with them. So, um, and they do stretch the season. But honestly, Sunshine Pool, Heather Stone, and Jim Stone, I love, love, love them. They are um, a small firm here. Um, not small, they're a pretty big company here. Sunshine Pool Company in Pembroke. And I love them. And I'm always like, please let me be the last pool that you close. And we literally closed the pool, what, two days before that storm went through? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, two days. <laughs> yeah, I know. And one day, I remember, didn't Jim, like, text you, like, I'm really sorry that we didn't get to the pool today? Uh, yeah, and that was on a Thursday or a Friday, and I said I thought you were pretty happy about that. Oh, my gosh, I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, I know they forgot about us, and I'm not going to remind them. I like sitting out by the pool, whether it's cold, a little blanky, and the fire pit, and the waterfall. Yeah, but time is time. you got to shut I, down. I know. So, again, you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. I am one of the hosts. Uh, Mary Baker and Melissa Wallace are off tonight, but uh, they are here in spirit for sure. Um, I'm sure Liz uh, is listening tonight that is melissa's mom so um i should get her phone number though so she can text i know she texts melissa through the whole show um but if you have any questions george is in the studio he can get your question to us you, you can talk to us right through him 781-837-4900 couple other things too so if you go on to facebook we always go facebook live so hello you can see us here in our in-home studio uh, I put the link to Zoom, so that's how we that's how we process into the studio. Okay, it's a Zoom link, so I put that Zoom link on um, like Pembroke Connect and a couple other pages. So if you click on that link, you will then be brought into our Zoom world where you can see us here and we can interact <coughs> with you that way as well. So won't that be fun? So tonight we're going to talk about winterizing. Where do you want to start? Any place you want. Okay. So what does it mean to winterize? Well, I'll use a keyword Melissa said last week. Let's just dumb it down a little bit for me. Winterize. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody has hose connections on the side of the house. Mm -hmm. um, and those, if you don't shut those down and drain them during the winter, mm -hmm. they'll, where they're on the outside, they will freeze and split. 
Mm-hmm. So there's all, all the hose connections generally have a shut off on the inside, which mm-hmm. you shut off and they have a little bleeder on the side of them, mm-hmm. which allows you to drain the water out of the rest of the piping and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically winterizing the silcox for the hoses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple different types of silcox. Just, I mean, there's just regular hose connections. And then there's also the flush proof. Yeah, some people call them just like the faucet <clears throat> on the outside, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of people the don't know what a silcox hose is. Faucet, yeah. 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 Um, but they do make a frost proof silcox, mm-hmm. um, which actually is, uh, it's about 12 inches long. So it has a long stem on it. So when you do shut the water off or you're shutting the valve off, it's actually shutting off 12 inches inside the house. Mm-hmm. And you, when you install them, you install them so they pitch towards the outside. So when you do shut it off, the water actually drains itself out and you don't have to shut them down during the winter. Uh, we have uh, three, we have three of them on our own house. Oh, okay. Um, the only, not that that's a problem, but in the winter, sometimes people leave the hoses on them oh. and that's the biggest no-no. Because they can't. Yeah, I think drain. one of my clients did that one time. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like we can think of everybody's <clears throat> name. So let everybody know what happens when you leave the hose connected to the frost pipe, frost well, proof it, it, silk cock. It doesn't. It doesn't drain. Mm-hmm. It won't allow the the frost proof silk cock to drain, and then what will happen is actually it'll freeze and split over the winter, even though it's shut off, but the water is still in that 12 inches of pipe inside the house. Mm-hmm. And you just, you don't, you don't know, you don't see it until you turn the water back on again in the spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't understand. You just said that you didn't have to turn the water off. So why are you saying when so you turn the water you, back on in the spring? Uh, when you turn the faucet back on like to go hook the hose back up again oh but can't you use it can you use it in the winter you can well you'd know that you'd find out that it's split in the winter because no water would come out it's split after the stop okay so no water would come out Uh, water would come out of the split if it thawed out yes okay so there's there's it's a it's like a 12 inch long pipe with a stem in it and the stop is at the end uh-huh. So in that 12 inches, it's designed to drain. If it doesn't drain, that's where it freezes and splits. Yeah. But the water is not live until you turn the knob on again and allow the water to come back out. And that's when you'll notice the split in gotcha. that pipe. But like if we, you know, if we had ours, so we have three of them on our house. I can, I think I know where two are, but so we could wash the car and in in, is that what you're basically saying? Uh, we well, could you, you yeah. could like rinse off the car or yes, something, right? Could. Yes. Can you put hot water? Can you easily put hot water on those? Uh, why you, are they always cold water? You you can do hot water if you like. You can? Yep. Then why don't we have it? Because um, we don't really need it. Well, what if I wanted to wash my car? <laughs> I'm sure you drive down to the car wash. <laughs> well, what if you wanted to wash my car? Yeah. Well, we have cold water. Yeah. But I mean, what if um, you, you wanted can. to wash I, your dogs uh, and stuff? I mean, you, it doesn't make sense to me. It's only cold. Um... That's what they are. They're designed for watering hoses and plants and so on and so forth. Yeah. They generally don't use hot water, but you could put a hot water faucet outside. Could you do that for us? Sure. Put that on my honeydew list. All right. Can you put a whole, can you put a faucet in the in the in the garage? I've seen people do that. No, we could, but it's we have one on the side of the garage. Oh, okay. So does that have a frost proof on it? No. So let's just let everybody in the whole world know that you're listening to Sharon McNamara and Mark McNamara. That's why we're sort of not really bickering here, but we're having a conversation about, uh, you know, winterizing our silcocks. But um, but I have seen people who do have faucets in their garage with hot water. 
so uh, they can wash their cars and things yes, like that. They're all connected to the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a standalone garage, so we're not, it's not heated. Yeah. So we have to shut the water down in the winter and drain it. Okay. Okay. I get it. So we also have irrigation yep. now that we're thinking about our house. What are you, do you normally do irrigation for clients or do you just uh, do it for us? I do ours. I do a few, not too many. Um, uh -huh. You know, the most of the irrigation companies have their own clients, and, you know, blow them out and so forth. But yeah. I, I do maybe a half a dozen or so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ours is connected to a well pump. Yeah. So we have to shut that off, drain it and so on. Because, if you know, that's a, a costly item if that freezes and splits. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we do about a half a dozen of those. And I know you have, but I'm just, I'm, I'm talking to our, you know, Facebook people out there and to, you know, IWATD listeners. Uh, again, feel free to call in. We'd love to talk to you. 781-837-4900. Uh, you can send me some messages too on Facebook. Um, I'll try to get hooked up to that at the same time and multitask. But if you've never seen a house that has frozen and split, it's like you you just wouldn't believe the amount of damage. A lot of damage. A lot of damage. So I've been doing, you know, I've been selling real estate. I've been in the real estate industry for 21 years now. So I definitely have gone through some ups and some downs. And I was, you know, during that time, you know, with all the foreclosures in 2010 and 2009. And I remember going into this one house in situate. Do you remember going there with me? Yep, second half. Yeah. I, I have never in my life seen anything quite like that. And you know what was sad though is like the banks were hiring these companies. There were so many foreclosures. It was so out of control. And they were sending these companies in to quote unquote winterize the house. They would lift the toilet lid, put some antifreeze in. So it was like pink or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they would shut the lid and that was it. And they did nothing. Mm -hmm. So this one house in situate and boy that place it's cold where you know what's well, cold everywhere but it, it was amazing but can you explain to me because that was one of the hard things that for me to understand was why is every piece of heat baseboard split from all the way from the top floor all the way to the basement it's because they probably well, they didn't drain the heating system um so what hey, we do yes got a caller for you Oh, perfect. I would love Tom to. Tom from Kingston is going to be on the air. Okay, that sounds great. I saw that my father was trying to call me as well. So, but dad, I can't talk. I'm on the radio. I know he's listening because I got him a new radio. So, so one of the things, oh yeah. So explain that to me because I was, it took me a while to so, fully understand. So what, when they supposedly someone came and winterized the house. Yeah. So basically what they were doing is they were trying to protect it from freezing and splitting. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times what, what those winterizing people will do for the banks is just open up a couple of drains and draw us here and there and hopefully it all gravity feeds itself out and that's what they do but it doesn't work that way this like in the heating systems uh the piping in the heating there's just so many ups and downs mm -hmm. and turns and everything else that that water does not drain mm -hmm. so once it freezes then it creates splits and the baseboard piping is a lot thinner than regular copper water piping yeah it, it was like it reminded me of hulk you know when hulk used, broke like used to break out of a shirt well when water freezes uh it's i think it's thirty thousand pounds per square inch of wow. pressure you're super smart i wouldn't say that <laughs> so but you do we i mean i've done many houses in years past where 
it's not uncommon to have 30 or 40 splits in the piping. <sighs> and it's a mess. It is such a mess. And like I said, I was just so shocked by it. And George, it looks like we may have lost our caller there. But if they want to try calling back, 781-837-4900. Uh, we'd love to um, have your question. And um, what was I going to say is... You know, when, when I saw that, like, I mean, we've been married for 29 years. We've been together for since 1989. So whatever that brings us to. And um, actually, November 25th is the date we met. So mm -hmm. we're coming up on an anniversary there, baby. Um, so I remember, like, I always heard you say, like, oh, I had to go to a, free, you know, something frozen split, frozen split. And I never really gave it much thought. I, I knew it split, but... I was always thinking that like the pipe split in half, like, like round ways. What would you call that? Like if you just sliced it down the middle, like a round pipe. Just cut. Yeah, no, it doesn't I was, do that. Yeah, it doesn't do that at all. It like, well, it expands. It expands. You want to explain yeah, that? It, just, it, it expands and creates a seam. And it just pops. It, it just pushes out the pipe, yeah. Like it, I said, it's, I think it's 30,000 pounds per square inch when water freezes. Yeah. It blows off fittings. It's... it's does a lot of damage. And then what happens is, so that's the ice that's doing it, right? So the ice is pushing it out. Yep. And then, so that went all the way down to the boiler, mm -hmm. right? And um, looks like it's Tom from Kingston. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm doing good. Hi, Mark. How are you today? from my home. And we were without power for three days back at the last song we had. Can we run that generator? for three days straight without causing a problem? Or should there be a shutdown between to give it a rest? Um, you know, that would be more of a generator. Um, George, install. you need to shut off whatever you got going on in there. But uh, I think the whole thing is designed to run, um, you know, for a good amount of time. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to shut it down for an hour or so every once in a while, I guess, just make sure all the oils and uh, okay. so forth are okay. But uh, I, I know these uh, big generator companies that go out, they have all types of service contracts where they, you know, they come out once a year and they service the generators and so on and so forth. But they'd, they'd give you a better indication right. of, you know, the amount of time to um, run the generator and make sure that it's safe and so forth. I, I would almost say uh, it, that it would be okay to let it run for three days straight, not a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, you might want to ask a more of a professional in that field than I am. Because that's more electric, right? Uh, yeah, right. it's yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the other question: uh, hot water heaters. Uh, hot water heaters are they? Um, is there a difference between the ones that you get at the supply company versus the ones you get from the big box stores? Yeah. So what I've been told in the past, the ones from the big box stores are kind of a not a number one, but a number two. As far as materials and so forth, um, I, I know the ones in the supply house are a lot more money. So um, they, you know, they all come with warranties and so forth. Um, they come either six or ten years. Uh, some of you get into the storage tanks, you can get into lifetimes and so forth. A lot of them are stainless steels. But the, you know, I know with the, you know, the plumbing fixtures and so forth. So you know the the. The quality in the supply house is far better than what you'll be getting in some of the big box stores. Oh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. But this is also well, a price. Well, Sharon, I hope uh, for your Christmas uh, wish that you might get a uh, <laughs> water in the glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to ask if for. You get water around there. You can just swap the uh, 
cold water pipe over to the hot water. I'm not going to get you in trouble, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I get myself in trouble, Tom. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Have Thanks, Tom. Tell Patsy we said hello. So that was Tom from Kingston, and he's um, a good friend, and um, he's an avid listener. So um, I love Tom and Patsy. Uh, so thank you for that call. But, you know, it's funny that he did bring up that question about, you know, the differences between getting something at a big box store versus you getting something at, um, you know, a supply store. And this is sort of sidetracked from the conversation that we're doing tonight. But one of the things I did ask you is about boilers and the insulation of those. So can you just explain how it's... Well, all the manufacturers have all their own insulation on the boilers and water heaters and so forth. I mean, I'm not a big fan of... I mean, I, I know back, I think it was the early 90s, like energy companies were coming out and wrapping the water heaters and so forth. Mm. Uh, but I, from what I can see, it just caused nothing but trouble because anytime anything had a small leak, then it just started to rust and mm-hmm. you know just create more problems. But they're all they're all insulated through the factories and so forth, so you really don't have to put any additional um, insulation on the water heaters and so forth. I mean, you you couldn't do that with a boiler; uh, just too much heat coming off of those, anyways. Yeah, I actually went to uh, one of my clients' house the other day, and you put the water heater in for him, and um, I saw that he that he um, that he did do that that he <laughs> you know that he did um, wrap the exterior, and I told him I don't think that you should be doing that; it just rusts it from the outside in. So um, I'm just going on Facebook now, so you can find us on uh, Sharon Costa McNamara or Pembroke Connect, Marshfield Connect. Uh, Boston Connect real estate page or uh, McNamara Broker Team. And um, again, you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Sharon McNamara. I'm the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, to which this show is sponsored by. And I have Mr. Mark McNamara with me, my sidekick. And um, we are talking about plumbing things, right? Winterizing. Winterizing. So if you have any questions, feel free to call the studio. I'm sure that uh, George got things uh, at the studio back on track, 781-837-4900. Or you can go here online um, and you can you know, find us on Facebook. Ask me a question there. So I'll be able to follow along. So one of the, so we're talking about winterizing homes. So let's talk about some of the places that you have been winterizing. Uh, most of my places are classified as, I would say, summer homes. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a large majority of them are summer homes. Some of them actually have the capability of, you know, living in there year round. Mm-hmm. But the summer homes and cottages and so forth that I deal with, uh, basically what they do is, I mean, they're six, seven months a year where these places are up and running and so forth. So they have the, um, you know, in the spring we call the water departments and the water department will come and put the meter in, and mm-hmm. turn the water back onto the house and we'll put the, you know, all the fixtures up and running and so forth. But, and then when it comes time to winterize or when the fall comes and starts to get cold, we call the water department again and they come out and shut the water off in the street. Mm-hmm. They so take, that's a call that you'll make for your clients? Uh, I do with, in certain towns and other towns, the the homeowner has to call. Okay. Um, Does the town charge them for on and off? There's a service fee. Yeah, I'm not uh-huh. sure exactly what it is. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, a, a, a huge amount. They just come out with a key and mm-hmm. drop a key down in the hole and shut the water off and that's it. Yeah. Um, so basically, once the town does shut it off, um, you still have 
water and stuff with, within all the plumbing within the house. So what I, I actually have is a, a big compressor on a trailer. So we actually hook the compressor up to the water piping and so forth, and we blow everything out. We blow out all the, the water heaters. We blow all the piping out so it's completely dry. There's no chance of it freezing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then with that service, what we do is, uh, you know, everybody has a dishwasher. Everybody has a washing machine. Um, so what we do is, uh, you know, the toilets and so forth. So we'll, we'll- What about the water line to the fridge? The water line to the fridge, we blow that out also. We disconnect it from the fridge, uh-huh. blow it out, make sure that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll pump the water out of the toilets. We put antifreeze in those. We antifreeze all the sink traps, the tubs, and that's so forth. a lot forth. of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and then with the, with the, like the washing machines and so forth, you know, we'll, we'll put them in the on position until the water is completely blown out of them. And then we usually dump a gallon of antifreeze in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a non-toxic, same as basically what you use in the mobile homes and so forth, uh, uh, in RVs. On the boat? Yeah, on the boat. And, you know, we turn the pump on and we actually pump all the water and antifreeze back out of the washing machine. So there's no water in the pumps or any of the piping in the machines. And the same with the dishwashers and so forth. So, so I mean, I, I know that you use antifreeze. I, I have no idea what that what it does. Like why why antifreeze? Why not milk? Uh, well, antifreeze is milk will freeze. Antifreeze, <laughs> okay. antifreeze. Oh, I get it's it. Good, uh, That's so like we, the time Shane Maglone said, you know, um, antiseptic. Yeah. So the with, with the antifreeze, we we put that in. Uh, we put in the washing machines. We put it in the dishwashers. We put it in the toilets. Uh, all the sink traps and so forth. We put it in all those traps. Um, you know, and what by pouring it down the drain, it actually pushes the water through and leaves all the trap seals with antifreeze in there. So those don't freeze. And we have to leave that seal in there to prevent sewer gas from coming back. So, oh yeah. And we know about sewer gas. So let's talk about that in a minute. So don't forget that thought. But what about gas? So do you have to shut off the gas to these cottages? Uh, a lot of them will call the gas companies and have the gas shut off to the cottage. Okay. Yeah. So they the gas company comes out and they shut it off at the meter and they put a lock on it. And then they call them in the spring again to put it all back on. And chances are, if it is... A, legitimately a cottage and they had they didn't have gas and had oil they would what do you do just just sit there um yeah yeah we have nothing to do with you don't oil. Have anything to do with no. that they're all everyone that i deal with is basically is all is mm-hmm. all gas and too i want to say you know from a real estate perspective you know it's interesting because i remember there were times again during that foreclosure time um, and even just when people in the winter, I did have a client one time and he was up in um, New Hampshire and he had a house up in New Hampshire and he was up there for the majority of the winter because he was an avid skier. And he he's, um, he decided at some point, it was an older house in Carver. Do you remember this one? And he didn't at the furnace thing, the, the on off switch, you know how they have a red plate? Mm-hmm. Well, he changed it to a regular plate, but it was in the inside of the doorway going down the cellar. And one of the agents thought it was the switch to the the lights and they shut it off. Can you explain to everybody why that's so dangerous? Uh, Well, you shut the power off the boiler and it gets cold. That's everything freezes. And everything freezes, Yeah. yeah. Because there are a lot of people 
you know, I'm, you do a lot of, you know, higher end things like in the Hingham and Cohasset and, um, you know, Hull area on the water, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're just summers. And, but you do have some houses where, well, I have clients that are here part of the year and somewhere else part of the year. Yep. So they don't have to winterize their house, but how do they prevent it from freezing? I mean, we get some really bad weather. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's some good houses that are really nice and tight and you really don't have to worry about it. I mean, a lot of the, with all the new technology, they have all these smart nest thermostats oh, yeah. and so forth. And if the heat goes out, you're notified and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. I mean, there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, you know, there's, there's other houses that, you know, I've been down in Hull for a long time and, you know, people bought these places that are actually on the water and they're cottages and next thing you know, they throw a little insulation in them and put mm-hmm. a couple storm windows in it and they think that they can live there year round and it's not quite that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all the houses we do down in Hull now, we nothing goes near the outside walls. Everything mm-hmm. is self-contained within the house itself. So, I mean, we just don't have freezes anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we prevent it any installation right now we do anything and everything we can to prevent any type of a freezing mm-hmm. you know and it, it's getting less and less i mean with all the new insulation blown in uh, mm-hmm. uh, foam insulation and so forth it's all you know encased a lot you know the house that you're working on in hingham um and i you met i met them this summer yep. okay. um so that house remember i mean that house is what year uh, Say it was 1789. Oh, yeah. I would love HGTV to call me just to like let me bring let let me bring them in that house. That house is just absolutely amazing. But just think about that. Like back then, they were using newspapers and during the depression and everything, right? Like they would just use anything that they could to try to keep it warm. Yeah. And they had a huge central fireplace. And those places actually stayed pretty warm. Yeah. I love the antiques. I love that whole thing. And someone will have a mystery when they buy our house. Remember, we had that we had that cabinet, and we took it out, and made it put a wall, and we put in what was it the Red Sox, and we put some money in yeah, there, a little time capsule, yeah, a little in the time wall. capsule in the yeah, wall. That was cool. So nothing of value. So don't don't come find us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so again with the insulation, I had another thought when we were talking about the insulation. Yeah, I mean the the requirements now are just so different than they were in years past. Oh, when the, it, the houses now they're they're just they're so tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get the drafts or anything like you used to. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest cause of a lot of these freeze ups on the outsides and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the houses now they're just completely encapsulated and there's no drafts drafts whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, again, you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Sharon McNamara. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. Hello to everybody out on Facebook. <coughs> I am um, here tonight with my main man, Mark McNamara from McNamara Plumbing. And uh, we're talking about, you know, winterization and things to take care of so you don't have any problems come spring. But if you have questions for us in regard to anything to do with real estate, please give us a call. Uh, He's pretty smart at that part of my life, too, in real estate. 781-837-4900. If you can't get through to the studio, just uh, call my cell phone. We'll do what Tom did. (laughs) Tom's just like, I'm calling our cell phone. 781-837-4900. Oh, that's the studio. My cell phone is 781-294-4848. I know my dad was trying to call, so we'll try calling him back in a minute. But one of the questions I had for you is 
and I am sort of sidetracking, but these thoughts are coming to my head is, you know, I do a lot of new construction mm -hmm. and um, I'm happy to announce that Mary and I actually have a new development with Stonebridge Homes. It's in West Bridgewater. There are 92 units. Um, awesome. It's Cochiset Estates and it's a luxury, um, luxury homes uh, facility. And it's going to be, as I said, 92 units. The price range is starting at $799 and we we have their duplexes, so townhouses side okay. by side, yeah. really, really nice. You know, um, we can't wait to sort of roll this out. We're really excited about that. But if you do want more information on that, uh, feel free to give myself or Mary a call. That phone number is 781-294-4848. Um, but you know, when you do, I do a lot of new construction and I know in New England, or at least in Massachusetts, when you're doing, you know, everybody loves these big grand showers. Mm -hmm. And I always, one of my pet peeves is when a builder will do a shower and you have to like sort of get into the shower to put the water on. But yep. when you put that water on, like what's the first water that comes out at you is cold. So it doesn't make sense to me. But you always said to me, you can't put, a shower on an outside wall. Correct. And so I guess that there's a lot of rules like that, but I guess, so explain one, why well, it's it, common sense. It's, and then two, I have two part question. And okay. then two, is it like that in other States where it's always warm? Uh, well, no, I mean, you get down in Florida and you basically never get cold weather. Um, uh, mass code that we're not allowed to put water piping in outside walls. They just, they don't allow you to do it. Just okay. for that reason. I mean, so, you know, there's, there's a couple ways around it. Um, basically, with the outside walls, you can actually insulate it and then rock it and then put the pipes on the inside of uh -huh. that. So you're technically Making not... Making a little cold. Yeah, well, you're not inside. No, you have to have your full depth yeah. of insulation. and Yeah, rock. but it's so a cold air. You're basically building a false wall. Yeah. So it actually looks like it's on the outside wall, but it's not what on the What do they call that? That they would put thing like a shaft or something or um, a chase? Yeah, well, it's not a chase, though. You're, okay. you're actually building a wall with inside the exterior wall. Okay. So it actually almost seems like it's on the outside wall, but it's not. You just, yeah, you, we just don't put any water piping in outside walls, not in New England. Well, why? Well, think about my kitchen sink, though. It comes up through the floor. Oh. It doesn't well, come through the outside wall. Well, I mean, come on. It's still right there next to the wall. It's not in the wall. All right. Yeah. You don't have to argue with me. I guess I have to argue with somebody else. It's, it's, I don't know. It's four, it's four inches in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty standard throughout everywhere in New England. Yeah. Okay. And But I'm just, I'm sort of curious though, like with the amount of insulation that we do have. And again, these houses are very tight, which is good because utilities have been a lot lower because of the houses and the, I know that um, <clears throat> with this new uh, new development that we have with Stonebridge Homes, uh, Cochiset in uh, West Bridgewater, 92 units, just want to keep on saying that. I know they were having a problem with getting gas in there, so we're going to be doing heat pumps in there. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. Not sure. Oh, I just, oh, there's more, there's new code. Like there's always more new code. There's so many new codes, energy yeah. codes. And energy that codes. They have to follow nowadays. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that mostly in the building code. Yeah. Um, you know, all the new systems that we use and heating and so forth are all, everything's high efficiency now. Mm -hmm. So it's all 
falling on the comments. Well, and that's the one thing. That's why we've been seeing more raid on. But that's another story for another day. So um, what about outside? And, you know, I'm glad that uh, Tom had asked his question because I, I had a couple questions about the generators too. Can you tell me, I know you don't do them, but you did for our house. What is the difference between a whole house generator, like I hear that term, and then like the one that we had was a portable one that you have to like take out and put gas in? Yeah, so the, it's more of an electrical uh, question, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. But I mean, the whole house generators are connected directly to the house. Yeah. And so when you do lose power, these generators actually kick on by themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that we have now, um, basically we lose power. I have to come home from work, we'll drag mm -hmm. it out of the garage, plug it into the side of the wall. And you know, in all reality, I could probably do it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've been playing that game for 30 years. Why start usually, now, right? But usually it's cold out. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I'm afraid and, to do And that's the difference. I mean, yeah. all those generators, they kick on by themselves. They're pretty much, you know, mm -hmm. not that they're maintenance free, but you have, you know, there's companies that come out and service them once a year and so forth, but they... Mm -hmm. You don't have to touch them, basically. Yeah. Well, this uh, one, the one that we have, we you know, every eight to ten hours, you're going to go out and fill it with gas and mm -hmm. so forth. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of the the portable one because you know when we lost the electricity and my parents <coughs> stayed with me for for with us for a few days. Um, that was fun. I, I mean, they can be dangerous. Um, you know, some people end up sticking them in garages and then you get carbon monoxide and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. I mean, ours is on the outside. It sits out in the weather if it's raining or snowing or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole house generator is much safer mm -hmm. and so forth. They're all self-contained. They're all weatherproof. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I you know, to our listeners, it's, you know, you have to think about these things. I always give the example of, you know, our house when we were had it painted a few years ago and I had to go tell Kevin something, the painter, and I went around to the side of the house, the left side of the house, where I was like, I'm never over here. I remember I saw that big crack in, in the chimney and it was one of those things where okay we never saw it but you really should be taking the time to go around your house and sort of assess what needs to happen because we got a call um with somebody who wanted you know they had a problem with their gas um with their gas fireplace and you know they're calling you right now when it's you know everybody's trying to get in get their renovations done before thanksgiving and the holidays for december they're also trying to get everything winterized like there's just it's impossible and for you to be doing things but we had a problem what was it in our fireplace we had like a crack or something uh, some of the back bricks yeah yeah some of the back bricks and we had that taken care of you know, we wanted it taken care of sooner than later. So we can use the uh, fireplace for Thanksgiving. So, um, all right. So we are getting close to our time here and um, we do have a couple more minutes. So if you do have any questions for us or if you have any ideas or suggestions for another show, 781-837-4900 is the number here at the studio. Uh, we also have my cell phone. So if you want to try me on that, 781-294-4848. I am Sharon McMire, the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. We service all of the South Shore. We have some wonderful, wonderful agents. So if you do want, um, if you're thinking about putting your home on the market either this winter, which is a great time to do it, or if you're thinking about doing it next spring, you can give my team a call. Or if you have a relationship with one of our agents, we're happy to get you over to one of our agents as well. Um, and they can help you out. We have a lot of smart cookies over here. Um, 
one of the things is I know um, I'm going to try doing this. Uh, George, how much time do I get? We have about three minutes. Three minutes. All right. Perfect. I will listen for that music as my extra, my extra, <laughs> the opposite of an intro. So, um, all right. So, um, dad. Yes. Yeah. Did, did you have a question for me? Yes. Uh, what about winterizing the uh, lawnmowers and stuff like that and your outside plants? Yes, I will talk about that. And we have Bob McGrath is going to call us back on Mark's phone uh, to talk about generators. So just call him back, Mark, and we'll get him on the line uh, so he can say something about the generators. Um, we will, I will comment on that, Dad. I promise you, I have three minutes, okay? I love you. I love you more. All bye right, bye bye. <laughs> so that was my father. Bob. Yeah, hello. Oh, how are you? So, Bob. So we have Bob McGrath on with us, who is a licensed electrician. So can you tell it what did you have to say about the um, the generators, Bob? Well, I'm just seeing a, a lot of people uh, Mickey Mousing uh, portable generators, and um, it's potentially r rather dangerous. So a lot of folks are uh, hooking up these generators onto uh, dryer receptacles and backfeeding their that. services by shutting off their mains and uh, feeding the whole house. And it works, and it works quite well, but it, uh, it's a da potentially a dangerous situation. Um, I've been installing <laughs> these uh, interlock kits that, uh, that makes that scenario with a portable generator uh, completely uh, legal. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something folks should consider. Okay, so uh, what are they doing? They're doing something with the dryer? Because I know we can't use our so, dryer. So basically, they're, they're taking the wire and plugging it right onto the breakers yeah, of the dryer? They're, they're using a double uh, male uh, setup, whereas you plug into the generator, and then you plug into the, uh, you unplug your dryer and plug that, the other end of that, into the uh into the dryer receptacle, which will backfeed the whole house. <laughs> it wow. works, and I must say, in previous years, I've been guilty of doing that myself, <laughs> but I am a professional. <laughs> uh, I, I currently, uh, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I installed a, a whole house uh, natural gas fed generator, and I cannot say enough about it. It's just been wonderful. Mm -hmm. it, it's the best uh, money I've, I've ever invested in our uh, home. Yeah, that's what we're in the process of doing that right now. So, and Mark's only doing it so he doesn't have to come home from work anymore to put it on for me. <laughs> Pretty much. <There> you go. <laughs> well, Bob, we're getting to the end of our uh, conversation here, but thank you so much. What's that? If he wants to give us numbers. Oh, yeah. Do you want to give your numbers in case somebody wants to talk to you more about um, putting in generators? Well, I'm retired, and I'm trying to do as little as possible. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have them call me. All right. We'll to get together with you soon. Yeah, let's do something soon. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bob, good to hear from you. Yeah, bye-bye.
So uh, that was Bob McGrath. He's a good friend of us um, and he is a licensed electrician. So, but he does make a very good point. It is very dangerous to be Mickey Mousing and doing any of this thing, these things on your own. And I had a nightmare last night. I woke up and I thought my whole house was filled with with smoke. And I was like, Mark, and you're like, what? I was like, the house, it's filled with smoke. So um, again, you did, um, we had a great show. Thank you, Mark, for joining me. I really am happy that you did that. You are the hottest guest I have had all year. I couldn't think of any other place I'd rather be. Uh, Maybe I'll take you out to dinner or something. Uh, But if you have any questions for me, whether it's about this topic or any other topic, please feel free to call me at 781-826-8000. You can also get our past shows on our podcast because we have a podcast app and it's Talk Real Estate Roundtable. You can also look up my name, Sharon McNamara, and you will be able to find us that way as well. So you can call us at the office, 781 821-826-8000. You can also find us on all our social media feeds. And uh, we have lots of great topics uh, coming up for the rest of the year. And we hope that you stay warm and cozy. And we will see you next week. We're going to be talking about mold with Jake Turner uh, next week. So tune in. Mold and mildew. Doesn't that sound fun? Sounds like fun. Woo, yay. Mold and mildew. Bye, George. Good night. See ya.